Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bridge, a show connecting East and West. I am your guest host, Jesse Appel. I, Jesse, I was a stand-up comedian for nine years in China, and now I'm in Los Angeles doing Chinese comedy, English comedy, and really a little bit of everything. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, consider giving us a like or giving us five stars, suggestions or comments, anything that you'd like to share with us. Hit us up with an email at welovethebridge at gmail.com. That's we love the bridge. I'm your host, Jesse Appel, IGSE, here with my co-host, uh, Tom Xia. Tom is a uh, film director and uh, general, you know, Chinese-American creator. Yeah, dude. I'm just a, yeah, a full-time dad. He's a full-time dad. Yeah, TikToker. Mm-hmm. And today, I'm a tea drinker. Yes, and that's the topic today is uh, tea and coffee culture. And this topic, uh, I'm going to be completely, uh, like, upright, like, you know, out in front of this one. This means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesse is actually, he's crying. You can't, you can't see, but... I'm just it, so... Yeah. They're glad to tears talk of joy <laughs> streaming down from his eyes into his teacup and he's drinking it <laughs> uh, you know the um uh, the 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 tea is important to me because it, it turned out to be like one of the biggest hobbies that I had when I was in China and um, we'll talk about it going forward but basically I you would go and hang out at the tea market in China every every month I'd go at least once and I have a lot of friends at the wholesale tea market in Beijing and the market in Shanghai that I just like are good friends of mine and I drink tea with them all the time. And now I've started a tea website, which is actually, you know, a big part of what I'm doing now in the States. So that story will come in a bit, but the, um, uh, but we want to go first into the nature of like, what is tea? What is coffee to each of us, Americans, Chinese Americans, people living in China and sort of see where these drinks fall on the social and interaction spectrum. I mean, we're talking about a huge, Topic. This is this yeah. is religious. Yeah. People who love coffee, they'll mm. die for coffee. Yeah, People, after, you know, they swear by it. After water, tea and coffee are the most consumed substances in the world. Right? I yeah. can't Im- like yeah. What's a uh, right? There's nothing else. like you know motor oil like. Oh motor, motor oil. yeah motor yeah. oil. I chug motor oil. Yeah, but most people. But it's don't. so expensive it's these so days. So expensive and it's viscous. Mm. Anyway, it's an acquired. Taste. It's an acquired taste. Uh, but but it's a, it's a it's a big thing, and yet I kind of feel like. It almost, when you say tea versus coffee, it almost gives the vibes of East versus West, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I was, I was secretly <laughs> hoping Tom would expound on that. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah. I said yeah three times, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the... Um, the the you know, it does so feel it's, it's cultural it feels cultural but yeah yeah so so my you know I grew up in the states but I'm also a weird um, American in the sense that I never really got into coffee like I had coffee maybe a couple times when I was in the states before I left for China and the why um, is that I, I think part of it was just I didn't like the taste like I think as a kid. My brother loved coffee ice cream, and sometimes they would have, like, the ice cream scoop that did his ice cream went into my ice cream. Oh. And so you got, like, a little residue of the coffee flavor in my mint chocolate chip. Um, and it sounds like a joke, but I really think this is what set me off. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're five and you're like, ugh, what's that? Yeah, like, I like my coffee. mint pure. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm sure the coffee heads are yelling at me now, and they're saying, like, you know, coffee ice cream is not the best uh, example of coffee flavor. Well, but- did your parents... 
when you grew up, did your parents drink coffee? They did, yeah. Oh, so my the whole family drank coffee. Yeah, but so I it was think, around you your whole life. It was around me my whole life, and the um and you know nobody drank tea, uh, right. and I didn't drink tea. Um, I mean, maybe my mom would drink a mint tea every now and then, but it just like it was not a it was not a thing really. Yeah. And then, I mean, what about you? You grew up in the Chinese American family. You're you you know zero came, coffee. We just I mean zero coffee. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, my parents. Yeah, my parents came to the states uh, uh, from China, from Harbin, China, and coffee was definitely not something they they drank daily or mm. yeah at all. The coffee fields uh, are far from Harbin. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they drink. They drink a good amount of tea, mm. and I remember as a kid going back to Harbin, like my aunts and uncles, they all drank tea, but they drank tea like not like gongfu tea. Yeah, that that that. Yeah, we're going to get into that Jesse later. loves. That's my thing. But they keep tea in a jar, like water. Yeah. It's like in a jug. Mm. And they just, uh, it's steep. The tea is steeped in the jar all day. Mm. Sometimes, I think all week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of have it around. They just have it around and yeah. they, they drink it. They drink it like water. Harbin is cold too, right? They don't have it, you know, the, it's hot drink. Like, do they oh, keep, yeah. So that jug, is that kept hot? Or oh, is it's that... like piping hot. Oh, That's um... the only way to drink it. Yeah. Yeah. So you <laughs> have to, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to burn your lips every time. You have to blow on it every before you drink. And if it's not piping hot, you you have to make it piping hot. Yeah, so if you're if you're comfortable, it's not hot enough. Yeah, it's, it's like it's got to be so hot where you can't taste the tea. You can just taste it's the burn, the human flesh of your mm. lips burning. Very very cool. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. Put that in the put that in the uh, you know welcome to Harbin you know sort of a tourism bureau thing. Enjoy piping hot tea. So hot it will melt your flesh. That's what every that's what every <laughs> for the snow and the yeah. piping hot tea. Yeah. It wasn't even just my uh, it wasn't even just my relatives. Everybody everybody mm. did that. That was the thing. Like everybody had a jug of tea with him. That's interesting cuz I think in the states it's funny that coffee is so prevalent, but it's um my my shtick on coffee now is that coffee in the states feels more like a drug than anything else. Well, when I like, was growing up it was Folgers coffee. It was like yeah. it was like cheap accessible like coffee like coffee grinds not even grinds yeah. it was yeah it was it was powder instant powder coffee, coffee yeah. instant coffee and it's funny because uh, you know we'll talk about later about the you know do it my my tea thing but one of my big uh, reasons why I'm so uh, hopeful for Americans to drink more tea uh, has to do with the fact that um, even in the coffee country in America 15 years ago or whatever everybody was drinking instant coffee yeah like like the people just didn't um, have the sensibility to say, you know, I'm going to treat myself really well and make great coffee and grind it myself and blah, blah, blah. And that's more and more prevalent in, in, in today. You know, I'd say it's, I know, it's, I think it's more normal for, for, you know, people to make their own coffee and brew it. Oh and yeah. So hopefully my, my hope is I don't need to convince anybody to stop drinking coffee. I just need to say, apply the same energy with which you drink yeah. uh, uh, t- uh, coffee to your tea. Well, I think we're missing a big question here, Jesse, yeah. like what's, better <laughs> i think that's what everybody well, i mean when it comes to tea because people are like very few people drink both so I you're will a say, good example yeah i don't drink but i would say this this is my impression on what's better yeah so my my thought is if you're my using tea. coffee the way that americans use coffee which is kind of like gotta get up you know gasoline like, yeah. gasoline you know pour it on like you know can't talk to me until i have my coffee um i think coffee is better because the caffeine in coffee is absorbed in a way that you go up really quick and then down really quick. But you were saying better in terms of getting of out of usage, the house. You know, the, like, yeah, like if, it, if it's is. a practical use thing, 
then I think the right. coffee is, you know, is arguably better. Of course, who's to say what's better? But like, but, to your but point, if we're making arguments, and we are making arguments, and we're paid yeah. to make arguments, and we're paid to argue, if we're going to argue, yeah. then... What's um, your problem? Yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> I, I think that that makes sense. I think tea is better, especially if it's drunk in the, you know, in the in the, the way that it's made in China, the Gongfu tea mode, where you sit down, you have a lidded cup, you have a tea table, you sit down, you slow down, you talk with friends. If your goal is kind of conversational... In the sense of like, hey, let's meet up at the coffee shop and catch up. I actually think that arguably tea is better because the coffee comes to you fully brewed in that big cup, and then you just sit there and sip it. There's yeah. no interaction in the in the making of the thing, yeah. and um, and the making of the thing is like a big is like a big part of the tea that really makes it enjoyable. Is you get to sit and you get to make the tea with your friends. So, in your opinion, coffee is more practical. I don't know about practice. Well, it depends what you want to get done, man. Yeah. If you're if you want to if you want to relax, make that like, money. That's yeah, what you want to make yeah. the money. No, I mean, look. Want- I mean, seriously. I go to. I mean, I went to uh, Seoul, and every other shop was a, a coffee shop. Really, in Seoul. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was like makeup shop, coffee shop, makeup shop, coffee <laughs> shop, <Yeah>. Starbucks. <laughs> you know, uh, like Starcraft Cafe. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slash uh, yeah. coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Slash coffee shop. Actually. No, but people are huge coffee drinkers. Interesting. In Seoul, and they get so so it's they not, get things done because it's funny because th- as we said in the beginning, like you think of tea versus coffee as a as an Asian thing, or, or like like Asia versus West or yeah. whatever. I'm gonna look up the coffee consumption in South Koreans. Right behind. Uh, Right behind Italy. Yeah, right behind Italy. Oh, well, you know, could well, be. Well, you know, they so. drink espressos every day. I mean, in South America, too, like espressos are huge. This is uh, you know, part of our new... Okay, so it says here, according to Statsia.com, the average adult over 20 years old consumed four, 353 cups of coffee in a year, almost one cup a day. Wow. That is, um, that is uh, in South Korea. Wow. So that's, I mean, I, I, I assume that's a lot. I mean, that's a good question. Is I mean, it seems like a lot. I mean, Once the, a day, uh, yeah, that's a cup a day minimum. Yeah. So the um, history coffee consumption, I think, yeah. There's, uh, it's funny. As of 2015, there were estimated 49,600 coffee shops in South Korea, uh, with 17,000 in Seoul, making wow. Seoul's coffee per capita greater than that of Seattle or San Francisco. Wow. Wow. Well, now here's the question. Is coffee, because there are coffee shops in China, but I always felt that the coffee shops in China uh, had this air of like, be chic, be modern. Starbucks does. Yeah, sit (laughs) in the coffee shop and be chic and modern. And the coffee is incidentally just kind of who won. Like it could also have been like, you know, uh, it could also have been like, you know, like, like dried fruit. You know, yeah. like it's just like if it was trendy to sit in a shop and yeah. eat it's a status fruit. symbol in China to to, yeah. to to be able to drink Starbucks on a daily basis. Whereas like and that's why I feel like in, in some ways in Asia, I feel like that's one of the things that propels it is that status symbol. Whereas in America, there are people that like really care about high end coffee. But most of the time it's more practical. It's like it's like coffee is cheap in America. Like the I would argue more people care about high end coffee like Starbucks is looked down upon. In the U.S. Well, in the high in the high end coffee people, but most people just like going around like they, they go to Starbucks because I got twenty minutes until my right. meeting, and they go into Starbucks and they grab a, a like a, a coffee and a snack. But it's in the same tier as like McDonald's. It's like fast food. It's fast coffee in in America. Yeah, in America, I would, I would feel that I would put Starbucks at like if, if McDonald's is a level one, I would put Starbucks at at least a one point five. Maybe it's maybe slightly. McDonald's. Like inside yeah. Starbucks, like they they actually care about stuff, but just the way it's perceived and the quality of the in brew. China versus it is here, it's oh, yeah. like it's like night and day. Oh yeah, in China, yeah. McDonald's people and, are and very Starbucks. 
yeah. picky about coffee, especially in big cities like L.A. People are very snobby about coffee. Like yeah. when I think of coffee, I think of like aprons, um, aprons, like a, a bunch of different tools, and like you know, white guys in fancy mustaches. <laughs> yeah, like being served your coffee by somebody with a college. Degree. I get intimidated. Yeah, pretty much. With, with, with well, a, this is the thing. They get really good. I, um, I don't know about like you know small coffee shops. I know that Starbucks gives really good um, uh, benefits. Like they'll give you. Um, uh, you get health care, and uh, you can even get stipends to go back to school. Oh, that's uh, if great! You're, if you're a barista, but yeah, but, but you that's, have to drink coffee for the rest of your life. But here, getting back to the coffee versus tea sort of thing, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of people think of this as sort of the east versus west thing, but it is kind of boiling over. <laughs> get what I did there? Boiling, mm-hmm. boiling, boiling over. Like in, and uh, <laughs> you know what I've seen recently in the in the states is that. More people are interested in tea than you think, but I think they tend to be kind of like not pushy people. Like they're like, they're like, I'm drinking my tea and I'm drinking tea with my tea friends and I'm not going to like try to evangelize tea onto other people. It's kind of like, you know, also tea has many different definitions. Tea is also very, it's a very liberal drink in my opinion. In the liberal drink. In in America. Like it's the, like, you know, hippies drink tea. People are very liberal drink tea. Well, so this is an interesting point because that is kind of the impression that I've gotten too. But recently, as we'll go into in a bit, you know, I started making these internet accounts where I make videos of myself making tea. Yeah. Um, And they've been very popular on the internet. Yeah, they've blown up. They've blown up. I'm up to maybe about half a million followers yeah, across all the different accounts. It's incredible. Um, it's been wacko. And, um, you know, and we'll, later in the episode, we'll talk more. But on this point about whether it's a liberal or conservative thing, I started a, um, a T account on the social media site Clapper. Uh, yeah. Have you heard of this? This is a, it's a sort of a, a center or right leaning. Uh, it's a more conservative site. TikTok. More conservative TikTok, more rural. Um, and there's a lot of videos on uh, like... And it was not the space that I thought that I, that people would be interested in tea. But oddly enough, a Chinese friend of mine who um, also they sold different things on the internet. But they're like, "Yeah, we're using Clapper." I'm like, "You're just uploading videos to Clapper that you put on the other pages, and and it works the same as TikTok." They're like, "Yeah, people wow. like it." For me, one of the big things that I got into tea on was because it was a way for me to practice my Chinese. Yeah. Um, because what happened was when I was studying abroad in 2010. I was, um, you know, we had a language pledge where I I was like, I signed a thing saying I would only speak Chinese for six months as I learned the language while I was studying abroad. And other than a couple cheat nights where we went and ate pizza and may have been the best meal of my life, considering it was like a cheat night away from months of speaking Chinese. Other than a couple cheat nights, um, I actually did that as six months, basically only Chinese except for talking to my family every now and then. So. The, and even um, then, you spoke Chinese. And even then, no. <laughs> even then, no. I was like, hey, Pa, I'm not going Son, are you having a stroke? <laughs> uh, You're drinking tea again. <laughs> You're drinking that tea again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but the, um, yeah, apart from that, I actually did it. And yeah. the, uh, so I was always on the lookout for things that I could do where I could only speak Chinese. And the challenge is most of the young Chinese people my age who knew me, they wanted uh, to speak English because they're like, oh, you know, Zhong Yu Wei Guan Lai It's like, finally, as a foreigner here, I can practice my English. Um, and and uh, that wasn't what I was looking for. I was like, you know, at the time, I didn't know if I'd ever come back to China. So right. I was like, I want to make use of my time here and, and speak Chinese. 
And, um, and I went to the tea market and I found out at the wholesale tea market in Beijing, which is one of my favorite places. It's like three kilometers long. There's tea shops on both sides of the road, big buildings, the size of malls, completely full of small tea shops, you know, the, the, you know, the size of like a room or whatever. And every type of tea, like under the sun, everything you can ever imagine. You you came with me to the tea market. Yeah. Yeah. You made me buy a lot of things (laughs) and pay off your debt. I didn't understand that part. They're like, you can't leave until you pay off. Somebody has to pay that debt. It's not going to be me. It was me. It was you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the, and and this tea market was great because what I found out was, first of all, a lot of the tea people are like from Fujian or from Yunnan or whatever, and none of them speak English, which is fantastic. Yeah, like tea is a very like Southern Chinese thing. So the tea is grown in the South, and then um, all the tea in the North is basically distributed through the Beijing tea market. And the tea in the South, there are other tea markets, but basically all of Northern China, which is where I lived, was uh, distributed through this tea market. And it's not just the tea, it's the tea tables, it's the tea pets, it's the porcelain. Oh, it's a whole world. There's a whole world. There's a, there's a, Incense. The whole culture around, yeah. It's, you know, I think that's what makes it attractive. That's what's attractive about coffee these days, too. This whole ceremony around coffee, whether it's the pour over, it's all the, uh, it's all the accessories around coffee. For better or for worse, that's how they get you. Yeah. You know, it's like people buy more accessories. People need like five different pour over coffee cups. You know, for a thirty dollar bag of coffee. Well, I think, and this is, uh, this is kind of a thing. I had uh, another radio show that I do on the local Chinese language radio here. And one of the topics that we talked about on that show is um, the Chinese host was like, why do Americans have all these hobbies? And he's like, my, she's like, my friend is like, you know, uh, this guy who's not a professional musician. He has seven <laughs> guitars. Yeah. He'll, he'll spend real money on these guitars. How come they don't have jobs? <laughs> you know, like, well, I think it's, you know, that may be the next question. But, but, but like, so, I mean, people have it as a hobby. And, and the great thing about the tea market in Beijing, to go back to the tea market in Beijing, was that um, it's, yeah. like, I didn't know this because in America, a lot of things, when it comes to consumables, it's all by brand, like Starbucks or whatever. Right. But in, in tea, it's all about people-to-people relations. Mm. Like, you have a guy that you show up at his shop, maybe introduce through a friend, maybe you wander in off the door. If you like his energy, he likes your energy, you sit down, you talk. You you have a you have a you know an hour goes by without thinking of it. He shows you some good teas. You buy a little. You build this relationship that then you next time you go back to the tea market, you're not going to make a transaction. You're going to hang out with your friends. No, that's really interesting. I mean, when you were saying that, I'm just imagining myself going to like a local tea shop, I mean, a coffee shop in L.A. and just chatting with the coffee owner for an hour. I think they would call the cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like... They're like, I have work to do. Man. Get your damn coffee. Get out of here. people are higher evolved. <laughs> they don't have work. Yeah. They just sit there all day. Like, it's really... They, like, it's for lack of a better term, they hold court. They just... Yeah. They're, they're there. You get to sample their products, yeah. right? Imagine... Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine doing that can at a coffee shop. Imagine going to a coffee shop and the, uh, the model... What being, else do you have yeah. <laughs> that I can you know, taste? Can you imagine you go to a coffee shop and they make you four... I mean, not even small cups. Like, you know, you make the teas, you go over and over and over again. You get a lot of tea. Like, they'll make you the thing for free. Um, you sit down and you enjoy it. Uh, by the way, this service would have cost like 40 bucks a person in, in like LA if you went yeah. to just do it. Easy. Like, easy $40. Because it's an person. hour of someone's time. Yeah. Not, not, let alone the. More, probably yeah. 60. I don't know. But then, and then that's free. And then you talk. And then at the end of it, 
And talk about, not even about tea, talk yeah, about you, life. You talk about life. And that's the great thing about the, the tea for me is it's been that talking about life. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of that, uh, you can decide to buy some if you want. If you don't want to, it's not a huge deal. There, and the people that I know, and I should say, this is the wholesale tea market. This is not like a, a, a cha dian, like a, a tea store in yeah. Beijing. Like if you go to just a tea store on the street, they have some pots for sale, they have some teas for sale. And then like the boss might make you a sample, but like you kind of got to buy something. Yeah, it's like yeah. a shop. Yeah. The the wholesalers play the long game, and the long game is the personal relationship game. They want friends. They're very friendly. That will recommend, like, you know, so if I, it may not even be me. It may be, like, my, they, they meet me, and they say, maybe one day Jesse's friend runs a company and wants to give a gift to all his employees, and that guy buys 500 cakes of tea. It's definitely paid off. I mean, the oh, yeah. fact well, that you yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it paid off for, for them and that I've started my own thing, which we'll, we'll talk about yeah. in the next section which is going to begin in just a moment. Yeah, um, and then I'm going to do that uh, <laughs> next time I visit a Starbucks. I'm going to go in, yes. and I'm going to just... Uh, I would love that. Yeah. Let's, we're going to go to a break. Uh, we'll see you in a bit. I'm Jesse. Tom. See ya. This is a tea versus coffee episode, so it's um, obligatory that you should be drinking one or both of yeah, the drinks. Yeah, well, don't do it both. Don't do both. Oh, you, you'll explode. Yeah, yeah. They, I think the, there's chemical reactions that literally blow you up. Um, you know, this is uh, this is um, un- unknown science you'd be heading into, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about tea. We're talking about coffee. Differences between tea culture, coffee culture. Um, is it this West East divide? And um, and I feel like it's time to you know tell the personal story of my my time going through tea. Yeah. Um, because uh, I talked about before, I was a hobby of mine. I would hang out at the tea market. And then during the pandemic, it all changed. Because uh, during the pandemic, I was stuck in the States. I couldn't perform. The theaters were closed. I still have not been able to go back to China. It's been over two years. And um, in that time, I would be sitting and writing jokes at the kitchen table at my uh, dad's house because I was just, you know, trying to, yeah, I always thought I'd be able to go back. So I was waiting at my parents' house. So I didn't have an office. I would just sit in the kitchen all day and I would write jokes and drink tea. It was the only place that his parents allowed him. It to, really was. <laughs> to honestly. Yeah. They're like, you know, like my dad had an office and he's like, every time I'm like, can I work in your office? He's like, yeah, yeah that's my office. Jesse. Yeah, is, yeah. He's like, I kind of worked really hard and earned this over the years. And you <laughs> yeah. can, uh, we're not going to tell you to leave. Get in the kitchen, like, no, no. cook. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did. Um, but anyway, so I'd be in the kitchen, I'd be uh, drinking tea and writing jokes. And as the pandemic went on, the jokes got harder and harder to write. And the tea uh, got tastier and tastier. <laughs> and, um, and so I would uh, wind up taking these videos of myself making the tea. And for those of you who haven't seen the, the uh, Kung Fu style tea, it's, um, it's a little bit of an uh, elaborate, I don't want to call it a ritual, because that's kind of like, you know, orientalizing language, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I, I think it's uh, there's a process to make the tea. Just like I guess you could say, like if you've never seen anyone make a pour over coffee for the first time, yeah. and you're like, what are they doing? What does that machine do? There oh, are the specific steps. There are steps that you take, and so there's a tea tray uh, or a tea table, and then there's a what they call a gaiwan, which is a lidded cup, and that it's uh, just basically think of like a a cup with a lid on it. Um, it's about four ounces in size, so it's not like a full 
cups worth of uh, like what you would think of like a mug or a cup, but it's smaller than that. And then you, it's like a big shot glass. Yeah, like a giant one. Yeah, like but, a really but jumbo one. Prettier and <laughs> and with much more history than a giant shot glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, with less alcohol. Yeah. Um, you steep the tea in the lidded cup, and then you pour it through the the crack between the cup and the lid into a pitcher, and then you pour the pitcher of tea to your guest's cup or your cup. It's a it's a process. And um, people, I think, on the Western Internet had never seen this process before. If they had, they had only kind of ru- you know rubbed up against it or something like that. Um, that's yeah, it's very, pretty fresh. It, it, it's pretty. It is pretty unusual. Yeah. And so um, the and the video started going viral, and um, we had you know I think the first one that really made me uh, you know take stock of this whole thing was that you know we had a video that did um, you know a million hits of me making a tea orange, which is. Uh, Pour tea inside a dried orange peel, and showing the the process of making that, it got a million hits on TikTok, and um, you know people kept asking, you know, where can you get the tea or whatever. You know, I'm like, oh, you can't get it. It's just my friends at the Beijing tea yeah. market, and then they're like, we would try it. So over the last year, I started my own shop, and uh, but the um, but uh, tea became a huge part of my life in the last year and a half of now. Uh, going from drinking tea just for myself to drinking tea for an audience of half a million people on the internet, you know, that follow the account. Yeah, I mean, Jesse, in my opinion, he's just a, he's a champion of Kung Fu tea in America. <laughs> I was, I was there joking There are not a lot of people, it. you know, doing this. But. I was joking about it. I was like, you know, with my friends in China, I'm like, yo, I should make what Kung Fu cha di ren. And I'm yeah. like, Maybe not, because I'm sure there are other people that have done it longer. But but on TikTok, but I mean, you're definitely TikTok. up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the um, you and know, TikTok is everything, and TikTok is basically most of the world now. It's like 70, 80 percent of the internet. So, um, so yeah. So that was that was kind of the the last year or so. And so I want to ask Tom, um, you know, this is sort of a, a funny one of those reverse culture moments where you, I think you said your first time having like Gong Fu tea. Was that with me? Did, was it your first time that you had seen? Uh, that you had done that? Yeah, before? I mean, this is a, this is an embarrassing story that I've shared uh, <laughs> with a few people. But I mean, like again, you know, I, I grew up pretty pretty Chinese. My parents had tea all over the house. We weren't like huge tea drinkers, but you know, if you're Chinese, you just you're you're expected to know the different types of tea. But I didn't until I met Jesse, and I was really I was he pretty much taught me about Chinese tea. And I'd never tell my parents that because they would <laughs> they would disown me. But but it's you know it's true. It's I, I learned, I'll, I'll tell them. Uh, yeah yeah. You you call them once a day to yeah. let them know. Hey, pa, ma. Yeah <laughs> yeah. The son that they've always yeah, wanted. Just their son. <laughs> the guy who yeah.
like the bit if so in the old in the old days, you know, uh, we had this uh, comedy club in Beijing. It was a U.S. China Comedy Center. It was a club that I opened uh, in a courtyard in, in uh, Beijing, and there was there were basically two rooms. And one room was the performance slash rehearsal slash do everything room with the stage, and then there was this tiny back room which was my office, and it was like big enough to maybe sit four to six people we'll say yeah um, and that would be like tight because there was junk everywhere and we had posters from old shows and like you know the um you know like all the all the you know the backup we had the lights from the, the comedy center in there for a yeah. while like all folded up and so we would sit in this room and the center of the room was just this big tea table on in the middle of the room it was basically the only thing in the room other than my desk was yeah. this tea table and um and and that was just what I, what we did if we wrote jokes if we brainstormed if we uh if we like you know before rehearsal before everybody had arrived we just sit around and drink yeah. tea and it's also because you, you you kept serving us tea and you were doing all the work so for us it was just like we we got to drink tea <laughs> yeah. all the time but look i i've i've experienced going for tea before meeting you except it was always associated with like things that my parents age mm. did That's you know it was true. something a little more like uh, it was more distant from my life. And then when I hung out with you, it just felt uh, very fresh. It was like, oh, this is something that I can also mm. enjoy with somebody my own age I've versus seen, versus yeah. somebody much older. I had a yeah. girl once that um, uh, I, I invited a girl over to my place for tea. This was in China in like 2014 or whatever. And, um, you know, it was sort of like sort of a date. I don't know. Like, you know, we were, I think we were both kind of looking in to see whether this might work. And then she comes in my apartment and I, you know, light incense and drink tea and talk about Xiangsheng and light incense, and she's like, setting the mood. And she's like, this is too weird. I can't do this. Like you're, you're basically like my dad. I'm like, Oh no. You're going to start giving me life directions. If I don't get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've still been thinking for like, you know, we're a little digressed from tea, but I like this. I'm, I'm going to use this time to pick your brain about I've, I keep thinking there's some sort of like old Beijing character I could be playing in America that would just be like hilarious. Well, I think like, you're onto it. If you keep doing like old, like old Chinese dad stuff, then I think you can build a character around that. But the thing, okay, here's the because question. for you, it's yeah. cultural. You're like, this is really interesting. Well, this is for an yeah. old dad. Like that's just like that was just passed that's down just to him. Life, yeah, that's just know. part of his life. So this has been funny in, in L.A. I've moved here and I've had you know there's been ups and downs, but generally it's been a little bit of a struggle to meet younger people and get to see them more than once a month because everybody's so busy. And the people who I've had the most success um, meeting have been like middle-aged retired Chinese men. They like, love Jesse. They love yeah. They you want to drink tea with me? They, yeah, this is literally it. I went to this guy's house and I drank tea with him and he had all this uh, old white tea and I knew exactly what it was. And yeah. he was like, finally, there's like somebody in this whole state that that like knows what this is that I brought back over the ocean yeah. from me. Because get, get old man balls, Jesse, yeah, and play Chinese one. chess. And uh, and then you're, yeah, I mean, you're there. And then I just need one of them to have a, a daughter. And then, yeah. we're, then we're, and then I'm in. I'm in forever. I can just drink tea with that dude forever. <laughs> like, you know, like, you yeah. know. Like, no. What kind of guy is he? What does he like to? <laughs> That's hilarious. I like this. Um, yeah. But like, legit, 
um, you know, <laughs> want to go back to that dude's place. Show me a picture of your family. <laughs> well, that's the thing about some of these old teas is like there's only like there's only so much like, you know, 10 plus year age white tea in California. Like he's got some. There's it wasn't a thing that was. Oh, even, yeah. I think a lot of teas are because nobody sadly nobody drinks with uh, our parents and they just have a bunch of good tea that's just sitting, sitting on the around. Yeah. So the, um, but here comes Jesse. This is the aging the way that the tea. So tea can age. And the way that I've only successfully ever aged tea was that I would give tea as a gift to my parents. Uh, when I studied abroad in 2010, I gave a cake of poor tea to my parents. Of course, they didn't drink it. Yeah. So now I still have this cake of poor tea. They use it as a Frisbee. <laughs> I have this cake of poor tea from 2010 that I bought. And I, it's been aging now 12 years. Wow. And so I'm planning on like, I don't know, if I buy a house or get married or something. I'm Right, put it tea. as a down payment. Oh, so right. Like, you know, no. But this is actually something that people do is that they buy a cake of tea the same year that their child is born. And then oh, they give it I love the, that. They give it at the wedding. And then you can oh, drink I love that, tea. that. Sometimes there's even a ceremony of, you know, like whatever. Dude, you got to put that on your TikTok. That's actually a great. I wish yeah. I had known that before yeah. I had. Yeah. Oh, the man. Kid, the born, no, I have to have another. Was just born this year. No, I have to have another kid now, Jesse. <laughs> oh, man, I missed it. Anyway, so so these are the sort of things. And we're not even talking about coffee. Can, we, can I just say something about coffee just yeah. because we're talking about tea and coffee? Yeah. Is that Jesse's enthusiasm for tea was what drew me into Kung Fu tea. And when I was living in uh, Beijing, I would visit like small coffee shops too. And the same enthusiasm. You know, the, some of the owners had the same enthusiasm oh, yeah. for coffee, Th- that and that is- drew me in too. Because I, I'm not a guy who understands like the taste that well, whether I drink wine, tea, or coffee. Mm-hmm. But the story behind it and the passion behind what they do, especially like this craft, mm-hmm. is really um, is really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, and, See, it's, and it's, 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 there was a guy on Wudao Ying Hutong right next to my house. I lived in Andingman area, and, and on Wudao Ying Hutong there was. Um, there's a bunch of funky little shops. Yeah. And some of those shops, um, I think, are a little bit like – there's like a vampire-themed bar. Did you ever go uh, there? I, I, I pass by. I pass by yeah. there. Like some of that I feel is a little bit schlocky. Although I shouldn't bash those people because once when we were shooting a video, we needed fake blood. Remember the fake oh, blood yeah, yeah, for yeah. the, the, the uh, 127 yeah. minutes? Yeah, you got it from the vampire. I went like – on the day of the shoot, I realized I didn't have the fake blood. And I was like, where can I buy fake blood for cash right now? And I went to from the vampire bar. The vampire <laughs> bar. And they, and they gave it to me. They didn't even charge me. What, like, why do they have blood? They have fake blood because they're a vampire-themed bar. Like, I know, but what were they doing with that blood? They were vampiring-theming their bar. <laughs> Like, <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. Anyway, on that same hutong, there was a guy that ran this tiny coffee shop, and I was introduced to him through a friend, and he was exactly that type of person. Like, he had the interior of the shop was it was super tiny. It was like really a long closet. Like, there was a desk at the end, and maybe like if you spread out your arms left and right, you could maybe not quite touch the walls, but like it was pretty narrow. And even in that narrow space on all of the shop, on all of the left and the right of the, of the shop, he had all this coffee equipment, you know, glass this, you know, you know, black mat metal that, uh, grinders, um, you know, coffee sifters, like, you know. It's uh, like a lab. It was, yeah, it felt like a lab. There was like, he also had these weird um, steeping methods where it's like, you know, you, you, you boil it in one chamber of a glass container and then the coffee falls through to a second chamber. It percolates and it, it percolates. Um, is the is a, even the technical term for it. Wow. Wow, impressive yeah um and and so we and, and like i talked to this guy for a bit and i'm like you know it's a small shop but like real estate is expensive in china rent is expensive like yeah. for a regular person they're putting they're they're all in on this on starting this coffee shop they must really love the coffee and so when it, it actually made me kind of pissed at 
like the stupid like fancy coffee shops or hotel coffee bars or whatever in China that had no soul and would charge 50 kwai for a cup of coffee. It like just $8. looks sleek. Right. They just look sleek and they know yeah. they're selling the sleek. There's no character. There's no character at all. And they just like, you know, overcharge you or like you go to a fancy enough bar and they'll charge you 90 kwai for a Qingdao beer, like a $15 yeah. Qingdao. It's like that like you're paying for the, the 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 sleekness but like that guy was really saying like i'm trying to do what i can do to make and i want to share it with the world and i respect yeah. that yeah. you know um let's go and take a break and then we're going to finish up with the last segment and talk about tea and its value as um, a cultural bridge sounds good Jenno. Jenno. We're back. Um, hey, everybody. It's Jesse. This is Jesse's friend, Jesse. And I'm Tom. Talking a little bit more about tea and coffee, how it kind of manifests itself in, you know, in, we'll say, the foreign lands, although that part of that has been part of the um, thing we're talking about is that, you know, Chinese people are drinking coffee, Americans are drinking tea. Yeah. And, and what I wanted to talk about... Um, we're not even... I'm sorry. Yeah, we, yeah. We're not yeah. even talking about, like, how British people drink tea. We've completely glossed oh, no. over... I, I think that... Um, or is that intentional? Uh, uh, is that intentional? Yeah. That just Why are you making an angry face again, right now? <laughs> if, they, if they wanted to be part of the world, they shouldn't have Brexited. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Oh, if you want to be significant now, yeah. you know, no, I have... I have, I have British friends. I have British tea friends. Yeah. Oh, now you want to be a part of the world? Now you want to be a part of the world? No. Um, uh, we haven't talked about too much about British tea, although I would go on a crazy tangent that would that would distract us for half an hour. So okay, maybe, maybe next time. Episode. Yeah. If you like this episode and you want to hear my half an hour tangent well, about how tea bags existed and why they're horrible, um, you know, leave it in the comments and then and then we'll make that episode. Ooh, controversial. I, me, I would love to make that episode, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to be distracted wow. and hold together and talk about um, what I was going to talk about, which is. Um, you know, so uh, I think both of us, we've had sort of careers as, for lack of a better term, cultural ambassadors. Like part of what we do in making stuff is that even almost without trying, quote unquote, you wind up representing part of your own culture to the new culture. So uh, when I make tea for people in the States and I do it in the Chinese style and I come and tell people how it's done, this is effectively at, at helping to um, uh, like avert some of the uh, like, you know, to step around some of the landmines yeah. that now are buried all around the discussion of talking about America and China or China and America. I mean, I think coffee has a lot of the same powers yeah. too. Maybe it, maybe it Food comes with coffee. It, it, there's a certain sense of like, Oh, I'm, you know, a certain sense of status when you're, when you're drinking fancy coffee. Mm. Um, but, but still like nobody, nobody associates that with with politics yeah i think that the i think the the cool thing about um tea and coffee specifically is that you make it at your home and so you're in your own home and so i feel like when people are in their own home and engaging with some another culture they still feel very safe because if you're gonna if you're gonna make that in your home or you may or you drink it in a in a business that was like created to be a comfy spot you know, these are things that are meant for enjoyment. And so then you start to, you associate the physical sense of enjoyment of eating and drinking and relaxing and talking with the other culture. Yeah, it's a safe space. It's a safe space. Yeah. And it's one that is, um, there's a lot of learning, but it's not a school. 
Yeah. So it's not educational. It's not like somebody is making a video about like here's the the history of the Qing dynasty and blah blah. You yeah. know, you don't need a you don't need to come in with the angle of oh shit, I'm going to learn something. You know what? Wine has the same power actually. Mm, yeah. Right. When people go wine tasting, it, you know, people feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. So you get you get you get. I haven't ever been on a wine taste. Yeah. I've never done that. Before. It's is very it fun. It? We it's do we'll do it. You will do we'll it. Do it. I okay. mean, I get I get a buzz from drinking too much tea as well. So you do you go on a nice buzz with tea. And yeah. I would I would say this: the difference between drinking tea and coffee for me is tea feels like like I can have like two hours in a day. I can like block out and just have a really nice conversation with yeah. coffee. I can still have a good conversation with a friend, but it's, hype. But it's, but yeah, it's hype. like it's hype. It's we need important. to get through a lot within those two hours where one hour feels like four hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, you know. that's the big thing about tea. So we, I, I, br- I brought this up a little bit earlier, but part of that is because of the way that the caffeine and tea is absorbed versus coffee. Yeah. So coffee, you go kind of straight up and straight down. Yeah, the tea, crash is horrible. The crash is bigger. Tea, you have a lower rise, a lower, slower rise. It stays for a while, and then it slowly fades. Yeah. So it's actually really good for conversation. Again, in, in the Chinese uh, you know, history, the— um, it's, a great, uh, it's a great symbolism for yeah, the, uh, macroeconomics, actually. It, whoa, think about yeah. that. Uh, you know, I've spent a ton of time thinking about this because I've been essentially in exile for two years because people have been unable to figure out this visa issue combined with the pandemic. Part of it is public health, but part of it is not. When you say exile, you make yourself sound like Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I like the idea of being exiled. Yeah. You, you sound a lot more powerful than you I are when to, you're... I used to say stuck. Yeah. And then people are like, it's two years and everything is back to normal. How are you stuck? And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to particularly talk about the visa application process. But the um, in any ways, I've been I've been here in the States for a couple of years. And the um, and part of the problem has been, obviously, that, you know, the pandemic is still going on. But a lot of the problem is that, like, honestly, people just don't want to cooperate in many levels across China and the United States. And like, you know, I, I went to Mexico for a trip. I landed. They gave me a 90 day visa, stamped it. They made mm-hmm. sure that I had a negative test going in. They made sure I have a negative test going out. It uh, it was not a perfect system, but like they wanted it to happen, so it happened. And so the well, if you love Mexico so much, why don't you just you, move you, there? You marry in Mexico. Um, but my point is, is that the um, <laughs> uh, in such an environment, these cultural bridges are super, super necessary. Yeah, because the problem is more, not, necessary, more than, necessary than than normal times than even in normal times because. Uh, we need to repair the sort of, uh, you know, the question, the basic question, like, why should we even deal with each other? And yeah. the reason we should deal with each other, at least from my experience, is that it makes everybody's life better. Yeah. Like, my life is better for having learned crosstalk, knowing what hot pot is, and having Chinese tea in my life. My life is way better in many ways. And, and so also you have you have shipments of tea in China right now you need shipped over. Yeah, and then, and, oh yeah, so, that's a real practical thing. It's like I'm actually trying to do so business. So guys, let's work something out here. But I'm, it's true. I I'm mean, trying to do business with China and the trade war is a 75% tariff on porcelain. I'm just paying more wow. because I want people to have Chinese porcelain. But but the market doesn't care. Like I could probably make more money if I did my stuff elsewhere. I'm trying to make this work and I'm getting hosed. Yeah, so the, the Boston anyway, porcelain party is My point is, is not coming. to talk about tariffs or trade whatever. My point is more to say that the tea and the comedy and the coffee and yeah. all of these things are bridges by which we can learn first, enjoy our lives, yeah. and then figure out the problems because we remember like, hey, I want to have tea with my friends. I really wish we could solve some of these yeah. challenges. And they don't, they don't have, they're borderless. 
you know, and yeah. you can enjoy. Well, this they're is all very the enjoyable. earliest. I mean, if you think about some of the, you know, and you know, I'm I'm from the West with a capital W, which is a weird word considering I've I've been a yeah. As in know, America, not like American, the not like West like, Side, not like L A West. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make yeah. a distinction there. Um, but the um, not West Coast, not West Coast. Uh, but the 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 West's first interactions with China was trade. If you go back all the way to you know the Silk Road and Marco Polo and all of these very early interactions, it was because people wanted things. Um, and why do they want things? Because they can live a better life if they have fancy, interesting things. Well, from think about the this: world. the British they love tea so much. They're like, we want more of this. Oh, like yeah. they made well, that. I mean, this like is, this is part of the the yeah. thirty minute rant. About yeah, we don't need to say bag. like what they gave China in return yeah. for the tea, but they really love the tea. We'll just yeah. put it. The, the British love the tea and that, you know, and so the, um, you know, that sort of trade, um, you know, is kind of the bedrock of a lot of the relationships between the countries. And, and, but my point is that I don't think you need to look at that from a capitalist perspective. Like when I think of like, you know, when people ask me like, why should they go to China, especially if they're, you know, they're learning Chinese language or even if they're not, I'm like, you should go because you'll see new things, you'll eat new things, yeah. you'll experience life in a new way and you'll, you'll come away with it with something. No one, no, like, I don't know anybody that's gone in China and they're like, yeah, I, I didn't really take anything away. From and that, that goes both ways. <laughs> both yeah. Ways. Our Chinese friends who've come to the U S you know, they've, they've learned a lot from the States. Yeah. And so yeah. like, uh, the, like I asked some of my Chinese, like they're friends, not that fat. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it's true. I know it sounds horrible, but it's small. like, yeah, if you're considered fat in China, oh, you come dude, to the States, I'm you're a, like, I'm, I'm actually I'm, quite I'm fit. Like, not joking so. at all. The thing I'm looking forward to least about going back to China is everybody's first sentence. Everybody is going to tell me that I'm fat. Yeah. Oh, Pangla. 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 I was going to do a joke about yeah. that. It's like a real English to Chinese dictionary where you like in English, it's like, hello, I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> But like, it's true. Like people just tell you you're fat and they don't mean anything mean by it, but I am fat. Yeah. Well, I mean, they'll tell you if you're skinny too, but uh, for some reason, no one's ever said that. No one's ever gone skinnier. Have they they ever told you that Tom? No, no one's ever said that. Um, I have been getting fatter. That's funny. That actually, that's how I tell if people are interested in me. If you mean, they, what, they, what do you mean, like, like women? If I, if, if I see somebody for a while and I think they might be interested in me, and they're, oh, and you show up, and I have not gotten skinny. Oh. And then they're, they're looking. Well, you know you have a fake friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those, <laughs> you know they want something dude, from you. is there any better type of friend than a fake friend who tells you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but the um, getting back to the team. My, my point here is that the, uh, yeah, yes, these these life experiences are the bridges that make people want to be able to interact with each other. My I had um, Chinese friends who were studying abroad here. I was like, "What did you take away from America that that um, you really like to do?" And they're like, um, "Road trips." They're like right. taking a road trip, picking a couple friends, getting in the car, rent a car, yeah. do it. Like you know, drive, get out there, uh, like that sort of. What thing. about our friends who love? Uh, improv they come here yeah. they come here like it's on like a uh, like, like going to mecca yeah, it's like, and they watch as much improv as they can yeah, because I mean, they like, love improv you know, comedians are people who are into stand-up people are into improv like you know these american art forms it's like their niche but like you know if you're into coffee go to the american coffee places you know if um if you're into skateboarding you know go to the american skateboard place it's all that real life stuff yeah and that's the stuff that often gets like you know covered up or or it's um it's it's seen as less important quote unquote because you, it's hard to 
monetize or it's hard to to um, turn into numbers. But like, that's why I want to go back. Yeah. Like I want to I want to continue living the sort of life that that you're able to live when with, um, you know, when when uh, when we like live. So this is what's interesting. Now, there's obviously less of that going on all over the world because of COVID, right? Yeah. But through TikTok, I, I mean, you are, you are, you know, you're, you're still fighting that good fight and yeah. you're, and you're sharing that culture through tea. So it's that, like, yeah, it's I, not, it's not as good as them. It's not as effective. Or yeah. I don't know if it's as effective, but we still want people to go to China and we still want people from China to come to the States. Yeah. But the fact that you're sharing tea culture, I think it's through a TikTok, step in the right direction. That's, that's amazing. And people are responding. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, I'm looking in ways of trying to like tie it together with, um, with the live performance too. Cause I've been saying like in China, uh, all the, the Xiangsheng, the traditional comedies all performed at uh, Chaguar. It's a performed at tea houses. Yeah. So like I was thinking of trying to do some sort of like comedy tour around tea houses in the States. Oh, like, that you know, sounds awesome. That would be super fun. Yeah. And it would be That's such a good, nice blend. Yeah. And then the, the challenge is the, the Chaguar, the tea houses in China are actually like built for doing shows. Whereas like, I'm sure the tea houses yeah. in America. I mean, are one thing's going to happen. People are going to go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah, there's going to yeah, that's actually a really good point. We will need multiple bathroom breaks. Yes. My whole, you know, take on this thing is I've I've always been sort of pushed the, you know, the people the people connections first and and it it seems like it it seems weird when you actually think about the trips that you take abroad and the people that you meet, the food, the um the 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 cultural activity. It's always that. Yeah. It's always that. And so it's just like, and then, you know, really a lot of the challenges, as you said, in the internet age, and especially in the COVID age where the travel is, is harder to do, uh, whether it's completely closed or just hard, um, you know, it, you know, what, what is the value of doing it over the internet? I think it has a lot of value. And I think that it also, it may not solve the problems by itself, but I think the people that watch a tea video every day when they hear about China and the news, yeah. they're going to have a broader perspective. They're going to be thinking, well, you know, maybe the minister of blah, blah, blah did say that. But also, you know, I remember when, you know, Jesse had his tea friend on who yeah. sells Puar and that guy's chill. Yeah. It's you know, not, like, it's not a one narrative um, look at the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I, and for me, that's part of the, the, the danger and a lot of the, um, you know, the, the stuff that I get scared about when it comes to like, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, rhetoric that Chinese say about America or Americans say about China is when there's one line and then that's the way you have to think. Or it doesn't mean that you have to think that way, but you can't say anything else and get away with it. You're going to get yelled at by your friends. You can't you can't put the other side. Yeah. Like, for example, Jesse loves old man balls. Like, yes. that's one of those lines that Everybody should remember. Everybody should remember, and then yeah. and then if you were if you were the type of person that says, I think that was taken out of context, you would get yelled at. Yeah, because you're wrong. It's not taken wrong. out of context. Um, he does yeah. anyway. <laughs> anyway, props to Gus Tate yeah. for his old man balls, <laughs> yeah. um, which uh, I really hope he's still doing because it's yeah. a great. I really hope he's doing those old man balls. I hope so. I hope he's doing I hope so. That. And look, if you look, if you're a coffee <laughs> drinker, you know, like take some time, maybe. Go check out a tea house. Yes. Drink some tea with your friends. And, is, and and for Jesse, if you're a tea drinker, Jesse, have some coffee too. Yeah. I was actually like literally thinking about this. Like it, it, I should go and find like, you know, one of the tea, the coffee influencers on TikTok and just fly to their house and make 10 videos. Oh, that'll just be like, great. Just like go there. Really sh- like, yeah, just like. Just like go there and do it with them. And then, you know. Share, share your experience. My tea with experience it, will go on their coffee channel. Their coffee people will come to my tea channel. Like, you know, I think, I think that there could just be. Just an amount of restroom breaks. They're just. 
they're going to trace it back to like, oh, it's all the TikTok videos. Yeah, from the moment that Jesse uh, worked with a, with a coffee drinker. The, you know, coffee, tea, um, any, any last thoughts? No, I, I, again, I think like both are amazing and you can, you can mix and match and they've both had such great influences around the world and they continue to do so. I think Jesse is living proof of that. And, and I think that the, the deeper you dig, the more interesting it gets. Mm. Like, I feel like Kung Fu Cha is another iteration of tea that the world is unfamiliar with mm. and that can go very mainstream. Yeah. I really, I think, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's been very, um, it's been very encouraging that it's succeeding because of the culture and not in spite of it. Because yeah. when I came back to the States and the very first times that I would make gong fu tea for my friends or whatever, just after I came back from study abroad or whatever, I bought a small tea set and, um, they said, this is great, but it will never work because we need you to make it for us. And like that was the experience was seeing you make it and knowing how to make it. If I have this in my home, I never know how to do it. And I never thought that in, you know, in 10 years later or whatever, the video, you know, the TikTok, YouTube, that stuff would be so pervasive and yeah. so normal that people generally, every time they have a, something in their life they don't know how to do, they Google how to blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's such Google. a good point. On, that's how know. we feel about cooking. Yeah. Like I would never, Everybody, I would have yeah. never made a steak 10 years ago because there was something only like you know, yeah. fancy steakhouses did. Yeah. Now everybody's uh, now a expert it. steak. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that the, uh, and so that's why I'm so encouraged that, you know, the, the thing on the site that sells the most uh, items is uh, the, uh, the tea set, like the, the tea set, which is this thing that people have told me Americans will never do that. Right. That's why they're doing it. Yeah. And so that's encouraging. And hopefully it is something that's bigger than just a small niche of people that are willing to do it. But my experience in seeing the people that tag me on the internet shows that it is. So yes. in any case, we don't, we don't have forever and I don't want to go back into the, the whole randomness of the discussion, but um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the episode. Again, if you have any um, ideas for future episodes, leave them in the comments section. Uh, we, we mine that information for, uh, for, for gems. Um, yeah. And then uh, if you have a, uh, um, anything in particular that you want to say to me or Tom, just yell it yep. really loud at midnight out your window. And I will say this, the the best part of waking no, up. No, we're going to get sued. We're going to get sued. Go for tea. Go for tea. In a in, cup. In, in a <laughs> guy <one. Okay. laughs>